Hi, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Yislike Rockadopolis. And I'm Lance Rockadopolis. So this episode is part two of our discussion of objectification, and we're going to continue with our discussion based on the work of the philosophers Martha Nussbaum and Ray Langton. So without further ado, objectification number four, fungibility. That's such a fun word to say. I mean, it has the word fun in it. Maybe that's why. Anyway, fungibility is the treatment of a person as interchangeable with other objects. This one reminds me of the whole pickup artist thing where just fucking a woman, really any woman, is the goal. There's no desire to get to know her first. It's just fucking that counts. So any vagina will do. With fungibility, I think of doms exchanging slaves for their various skill sets or gaining additional manpower for certain events organized by the doms. Like if a dom was moving, theoretically she could ask a fellow dom to loan out their slave to help in exchange for future service. Different slaves have different talents, so it only makes sense to have them perform their special talents in a quid pro quo arrangement amongst the doms. Another example would be if I were very skilled at fixing cars and another sub was skilled at setting up a website, the doms could get together and trade the sub's skill sets for the benefit of both doms. There was also a study in the Journal of Social Psychology on fungibility and body type. So the researchers showed slides of people with various body types and then later asked the test subjects to connect the bodies with the faces. The subjects were less able to connect the correct faces with the bodies of the ideal and average female bodies and with the ideal male bodies than with the other body types. So apparently that means that people with ideal and average bodies may be more objectified than people with less than ideal bodies. So getting to what we do, am I interchangeable with another slave? Overall, we really don't do this in our relationship. I do really enjoy objectifying your dick, but that's only sexy because I'm objectifying you. As far as I know, you're not interchangeable at all. In a way, I do want you to be kind of interchangeable because I want more subs who have a number of characteristics in common with you, like a big, beautiful dick would be one, but that's not a deal breaker or a deal maker. What I do want is someone who really wants or needs 24-7 TPE, someone who is as service-oriented as you, someone who is as masochistic as you, someone who is as intelligent and sweet-natured as you, most of the time sweet-natured, as attractive, (laughs) as passionate, as game, as honest, as adventurous, etc., etc., as you. I want all of those qualities in my number two. In addition, I also want them to have some of the virtues that you don't have. I want them to fill in some of the gaps. 
Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you for all those kind things you said. It's interesting that you mentioned a big dick. PIV or penis and vagina sex is intimate for me, and we've talked about that, but you've told me that it isn't for you. Right. PIV sex doesn't really feel like a form of intimacy to me. Binging a TV show, talking, eating together, going for walks, this all feels much more intimate to me than PIV sex. And I've never gotten a lot out of PIV sex. However, I do get a lot out of PIV sex when I'm topping you aggressively. It's very erotic for me, and it's definitely a power thing. And there's a sadistic aspect to it. It's dehumanizing. And to get something out of dehumanizing, it has to be with a real human. Of course. And I certainly love it when you're rough and just using me for your own pleasure. So it's really transgressive. It feels extremely transgressive of social and moral norms to objectify you sexually in that way. On the other hand, it's just not much different from the poundings I endured throughout most of my adult life as a PIV bottom. I did fake a lot of orgasms, mainly to get the whole thing over with, but actually it, it often didn't matter whether I pretended like I was enjoying it or not. I think the guy's fantasies of intimacy and sexual prowess were enough to give them the confidence they needed to get off you know, fantasies that they were having before, during, and after we were having sex. It's the idea that the mind is the most powerful sex organ. But like I've said in other episodes, I never fantasized about bottoming. But I did fantasize about topping aggressively. I guess my point is that in vanilla, at least on the surface, it rarely seemed to matter to the person I was having sex with who they were having sex with, even if it was a long-term relationship that seemed relatively healthy and amicable. Once the pounding started, I could be anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talking about being like not interchangeable, but like you giving me away, there, there was one time that I felt like a commodity. Uh, and that was when you had that guy spank my ass at a local BDSM club. It was small, but there was a bit of a feeling of being violated, like you were taking something special between us and letting someone else do that thing. And you liked that feeling, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like I was treating you as fungible. I mean, so much of this is so internal, which is ironic in a discussion of objectification, right? Objects don't really have inner lives. It's like the more I try to pretend to objectify you, the more your humanity comes across to me. That's interesting. So when you treat me like an object, my humanity gets amplified because it is so transgressive. The objectification is transgressive, yes. And that is a very interesting observation on your part. It's like my transgression of your humanity just points a huge spotlight on your humanity. Maybe this is a bigger thing in the in kink in general. Maybe it's part of the healing or part of the part of the spirituality. Maybe people like playful objectification, at least partly because it reminds them of their humanity. 
There's also something one of my professors in grad school said, which was, one thing humans are is objects in the world. So humans are objects in the world, and we're also more than objects. But it actually seems compassionate somehow to remind myself to be able to honor the object part of myself and of others. I mean, I like having big boobs and showing them off. I like the fact that my body grew another human being inside of it with really no input from my personality or tastes or intellectuality or ideas, unless that happened at some very biochemical level. I mean, they say the baby can hear what you're saying. Maybe my daughter was picking up on all these, (laughs) I hope not, (laughs) things that I was saying. But I do like the idea that all of my thoughts could just be made of chemicals, which they probably are. In some ways, the fact of my objectness makes me feel more connected to the world. Yeah, that that reminds me of a lot of the arguments that I've heard about like the environment that humans are part of the ecosystem. And I think we always, in a lot of instances, forget about that. Which is very, very unfortunate in a lot of ways, I think. So the next feature of objectification is violability. It's got to be one of my favorites. The treatment of a person as lacking in boundary slash integrity. Yes, certainly one of my favorites as well. In the vanilla world, rape is, of course, the first type of violation that comes to mind. I think any kind of physical abuse would be a good example. Verbal insults also feel like violations. And in fact, in medicine, the term insult is used to describe any form of physical injury. Because an injury is a violation of the integrity of the physical body. Yeah, in kink, violations include things like impact play or even having the slave lack in privacy. Some slaves are actually monitored with cameras if the dom is living separately or just simply being touched whenever the owner wants. And of course, consensual non-consent, which to my understanding usually means consensual rape. And there are all of the different orifices that I violate. Your ears, belly button, anus, mouth, nose, in between toes, eyeballs even. We've been doing that kind of thing since we first got together. But what about mental or emotional violations? Yeah, we've talked about that as well. All that's fun stuff. I like the thought of not having any personal boundaries that would prevent my owner from doing whatever she wants. We've even tried uh, cell phone apps that track where I was at all times, but that was more trouble than it was worth and you never used it. So we, we dropped that. Yeah, I didn't use it because I'd rather just message you and ask you where you were. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to actually make contact with you as a person as opposed to just tracking you on on a map app or something. And you do allow me private space. 
whenever I use the bathroom, I'm allowed to be by myself and you do not intrude. Yeah, I don't want to intrude when you're on the toilet. That's true. Maybe when you're showering and doing other do, and doing other types of grooming, I could make you have the the door open. There's also the violation of your dignity or of your sense of self, like making you crawl, making you eat my chewed up food, all the kneeling and the feet kissing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the notion of dignity and being a slave, having pride just, I think, gets in the way of my obedience. Hmm. That is something that we can talk about privately, because that idea might lead to some good conversations and development. How do we feel about violability? I certainly love it. It really makes me feel owned. I guess I have no dignity. Yeah, and of course you have dignity. In fact, you get very butthurt very easily when you feel your dignity is being attacked, which is kind of tricky for me. There are types of emotional violations that you're fine with or more than fine with and others that totally trigger you. For example, you're fine with some abusive language, like you're fine with me calling you a little bitch, and you're fine with small penis humiliation, probably because you don't have a small penis. You're <laughs> also fine with much grander forms of humiliation, like forced by and cuckolding. Overall, I think your ego is pretty healthy, but you definitely have some triggers. Yeah, I, I recognize that. Um, what is problematic for me is when I feel falsely accused. There are definitely certain things that I am okay with, like insults to my personal appearance and name calling doesn't bother me at all. It's whenever there is an element of truth that I recognize as a problem in myself, I will get but heard about it. Like you telling me that I cut off my consonants on the last uh, podcast. I was hurt by that because I realized that I don't enunciate very well all the time. Yeah. So one thing where it's like you're fine with insults when they aren't connected to reality. Sometimes I feel like you are that you're, how do I say this? Sometimes I feel like you want me to criticize you when I don't feel like it, and you don't want me to criticize you when I do feel like it. Or you, <laughs> you want me to get upset with you when I'm not really upset in real life, but you don't want me to get upset with you when I am really upset. Mm. And that's a problem. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm not a pro-dom, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to play the role play pro-dom little worm thing. I mean, I think what we really need to work on is the reality piece there with the corrections. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do. And you definitely have a point. But I don't really think that I'm expecting you to insult me like offhanded kind of way, like you said, like the pro-dom kind of way. I can definitely live without that. But you're right. I, I do need to watch when you're upset and then try to understand why you're feeling a certain way. I wouldn't put it that way, but that'll be a discussion for another episode.
Number six, ownership. The treatment of a person as something that is owned by another person and can be bought or sold. So in vanilla relationships, ownership is a big no-no. There are all kinds of negative associations with it, including jealousy, controlling behaviors, often physical and sexual abuse. Persons aren't supposed to be owned. And so attacks on one's personhood seems to be an essential component of slavery. In terms of kink, of course, consensual slavery immediately comes to mind. Right. In some MS relationships, the owner would mark the slave with either a tattoo or a brand. We actually visited tattoo artists and talked to them about getting a mark on me, your mark. And I'm thinking I would love it. I would want it to be fairly obvious that it was a mark of ownership, but those usually look fairly cheesy to me. I mean, having a barcode tattooed on me or the word slave just looks very low class. Yeah, especially the word slave seems very um, nonspecific. But there are also the heavily traditional types of MF dynamics, male-dominant dynamics. When I was on FetLife, occasionally I'd stumble across power exchange discussion groups and writings that were 100% about traditional gender roles, not role-playing those roles like in 1950s household, but actually asserting that the traditional male-dominant gender roles were the correct way to do any kind of romantic relationship. You know, they weren't about slavery per se, but they were all about dominance as male and masculine per se, and submission as female and feminine. And those people really fucking pissed me off, especially the primals who insisted that men are always predators and women are always prey. I mean, how is that not just ripe for abuse when you are making these universalizing claims about how the genders are supposed to be. Yeah, and it's so ordinary, in, in my opinion, and such a boring way of thinking. To think that there's no other way to do things is, I think, ridiculous. So obviously, one thing that we do is consensual slavery. Right, and you talk about buying and selling. As much as I enjoy the fantasy of being bought and sold to some random person. I realize that there's just too much effort that a slave has to do in finding a suitable dom, and likewise a dom finding a suitable sub. And after all the effort that we've put into our relationship, I really doubt that my slavery would translate and still be consensual if I was just traded off to someone else. So you don't think you could just transfer your submission to another person? No, not at all. What that is, is more of a fantasy about non-consensual slavery. Interesting. And that might be another reason why it's been challenging for me to find a suitable second slave. We've come so far together, it's like I would have to backtrack somehow and start again. Maybe not. I think the real issue is that 
there just aren't that many slave types out there these days. When I first started exploring, they seemed to be quite plentiful, but either they've all been snapped up by other doms, or they've changed their minds, or power exchange is really going out of style. That's my worst fear. So how do we feel about it, and what does it mean to us? I totally accept the concept and reality of being owned. One important thing to mention is that while you own me, I have absolutely no claim over you. There was a time in our relationship where Yislike was hesitant and was questioning me on whether I would be okay with her seeing other men and her pursuit of other slaves. I honestly did not know how I would feel about that. But then there was that incident at a local BDSM club where she was messing around with another submissive, you know, kissing him, pinching his nipples. I was more than okay with it. I was proud and happy for her. Before that moment, I thought I might get jealous, but it turns out that I wasn't because I realized that while she owns me, I have no claim of ownership on her. So the polyandry is a big aspect of being owned for you? Not to a large extent, but I mention it because it was a big unknown to me early on in, in our relationship. But now that I think about it, you having complete sexual freedom while I can't even masturbate does feel very good to me. And I do feel like I'm owned. I feel great about it. Uh <laughs> But I don't feel that it's coercive or objectifying. But I do think Lance really wants me to be coercive and objectifying, or at least he thinks he does. Yeah, you'll get no argument from me. I do want you to be totally unfair and use me. Yeah, so unfair is maybe not exactly the same as coercive. But again, I'm, I think I need to guts up and test out all of that because... Uh, you want me to. I think that there might be a lot of fantasy for you that you think can be translated into reality. I just need to balls up and see if that's true. So we're going to pause our discussion of objectification and pick it up again in episode six. So until next time, have a great week. Thank you.